0: We ready? Let me clear my throat. Hi, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Uri, and alongside me is my co-host, Simon Walsh. Hello, Andy. And today we are joined by the fabulous Darren Webber. How are you doing, Darren? I'm living the dream. Darren Great is, to be here. <laughs> Darren is CEO of TTC, that's the testing company, an IT services and consulting firm based in New Zealand, specializing in helping big organizations undergo digital transformation at a competitive advantage. TTC is a global firm with branches in America, Australia, Europe, UAE and Asia. Thanks for coming to the podcast. It's really really nice to see you. So we always like to start with this question. Darren, what is keeping you up at night? Well, to show you things, obviously startup, startups,
1: we've been here for a year now. So Getting a presence in the market, obviously London, huge financial services market, coming in as a essentially a startup is, is not easy, so acquiring new clients, new brands, so that's that's tricky, a lot of work around business development.
0: Take a step back just briefly, because you mentioned financial services being your customer base, what, what, what is it you do briefly? We test software. You test software, and, that's and particularly, we're particularly good at it. Particularly important for fintechs. So yeah, or, yeah. So obviously,
1: your software doesn't work. The impact to the end client is pretty significant.
0: I always think anyone who does a startup is insane. You're a bit more than a startup. You're a successful company, but you have taken the uh, hospital pass, as they say. Of uh, why, Darren? Why don't you go to the UK and make it all happen? And I've seen many a person come into the UK. It's a tough market.
1: Yeah, it isn't. But. But it's it's kind of what I've trained for all my life. I've worked here before. I've worked in different geographies, Asia, you know, Europe, whatever. So this is a natural place for me to be. I love London. I love the the chance to excel in probably the hardest market. So it's kind of like, how good are you? And if you're going to test yourself, and as an organisation, yes, we've been in the US maybe seven or eight years. Obviously, Australia, New Zealand, we're in Singapore. We've opened India about nine months ago, so that's growing. Um, UAE. So this was the gap. So we don't have Europe or UK. So you know, I'm sure there was something in the fine print I didn't read, but um, I'm here and, and and loving it. But it's it's it is a very very challenging. You think market. more
0: difficult than the US?
1: No, I think U.S. is a pretty tricky market. I know a lot of Kiwi companies have failed in the U.S. and, and thus have succeeded here. And maybe that's a cultural thing. Maybe there's something there, I'm not sure. But um, but the, the guy that runs the U.S., Chris Rolls, has done an outstanding job for, for six or seven years. So, And that, that market's just going strength to strength. I mean, they've got some massive customers.
2: a U.S. national or is he no, Kiwi? Kiwi. Or? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because often you'll hear sort of foreign companies, particularly Australian and New Zealand companies, will put a US national in um, to kind of help kind of bridge some of those cultural differences. So really interesting that your guys are- And I think well, in certain geographies, that's really important.
1: Yes. I mean, when we're working, doing work in France, we obviously have native speakers. You, so You've got
0: to get French people. Yeah.
1: And in and, and Singapore, the guy that's running Singapore, he's been in that market for a very long time. So um, obviously the guy that runs India, he's Indian. So there's certain markets. I think so the guy that runs um, Australia is English.
0: I was about to say, the thing that we share is that Australia, New Zealand and the UK, and arguably, Maybe Canada is the few markets that you could send a salesman cross-border. You can send someone. Yeah. A cu- culture, certainly Australia, New Zealand, the UK. You know, it's something I, I'm quite passionate about. They're, they're, they're very close, and it upsets me that there's a lot of UK people are like Australia, what, like, or New Zealand, what, you know. And 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 I mean, it particularly works. It's like forever for whatever differences that sometimes UK or British Australian people may think with well, those bloody poms or you know Kiwis may feel because Kiwis have quite quite It's mm, always it's sports related for, always yeah but <laughs> underneath it we work together incredibly well yeah
2: but I th- but I think if you look kind of you know, in New Zealand Australia here you certainly in Australia and New Zealand there've been English people or poms in and out for kind of yeah, centuries and the right. same, same here so I think sort of you know to some extent even though we're all different there has been kind of a quite a good Merging of the three cultures. I think it's tighter. Yeah, I just think it's tighter,
1: and yeah. it goes back a few hundred years. And we've mostly forgiven the English, so we're moving
2: on. Darren, how many people do you have globally?
1: I think it's 400. So it's, it's grown quite a lot in the last year. So I think we've, in the last six or seven months, I think India's pushing 50 now, so that's given it a nudge. And,
2: and is the bulk of your hiring for, I guess, rare tech resource in India, or are you hiring tech resource in oh, the markets you your
1: Yeah, I mean, New Zealand's... Go on ballistic from from what I'm seeing with the hiring there. So that that's obviously you know local New Zealand people. Um, US is always growing because it's just a big market, and obviously with the India team kicking on, supporting those geos, then that that's really been the growth. But it's engineers. It's it's automation engineers. It's test engineers. It's smart
0: engineering. But hang on a second. So what we're talking about is a company that comes in and tests software. So yes. software companies test software. What do you what do you mean? You're testing software.
1: Software doesn't work. A lot there's a whole industry there's millions and millions and millions of people who are quality engineers or software engineers exist because software doesn't do what it says on the tin and particularly when you integrate it with something else or Multiple integrations with multiple products. Well,
0: then you've got to keep up, and then, yeah, you know, they all
1: they
2: update, and then, yeah. you and, then go, and you've got to retest all of that, or you're taking the use cases and you're going, okay, well, this is what you say it's going to do. We're going to test to see whether it, that's what it does,
0: and often it doesn't. Don't they know it's not doing it because they're not getting what? Oh, they Sometimes need? there are
1: limitations. So you within your, if you're a software development company and you can you build a product it's got to fit into multiple landscapes. So all your customers are going to have a different landscape, a different environment. So plugging that in, you can't always test all those variations. So it's only when you get into a client environment and plugging it into everything. And you might have, you know, banks will have, for example, they could have four or 5,000 systems. Asset management firms might have a hundred different applications or systems. So it's pretty complicated stuff. And you're talking an end-to-end transaction flow. And every single point along that, the data has to be correct. It has to do the right thing. It has to calculate the right thing. (laughs) And at the end, the customer experience has to be good.
0: But hang on a second. You go in and test it. I mean, A, how do you test it? And then B, you test it say it doesn't work. And then they go, all right,
1: thanks very much. Oh, I, a lot of our you job fix is... fix it? We don't fix it. No, so you just
2: identify what... Yeah, so
1: bro- we, we, we will tell you your baby's ugly and we'll give you some recommendations <laughs> really? on where your baby might... <laughs> it's about time someone did. ...might look to fix it, but we don't fix code. We, that goes back to a development team. So we will we essentially identifying an issues. And how
0: are you working this out? Is this automated or this is a man with a spanner and a hammer? Uh, so it's all, it's all, we automate as much as we can. That's the future. It's been that way for 20 so years. So you write a program. To software write, to test you software. You say, oh, you do this, this, and this, and then you write an automated thing to yep. do this, this, and this. To and see software what to test software, yep. And then you hire, like, auditors?
1: No, we do assessments. We don't call them audits. And no, as you say no the audits. word audit, oh, that upsetting. people get pucker up, right? So you don't want that. No, so okay. we do assessments, which says you might want to look at certain things because you know, you've got some challenges in this area, you've had some issues. It's probably we do a bit of a root cause analysis, impact assessment, whatever, and we'll tell you that's because you haven't tested that part of the system, it's causing that problem for your customer. Therefore, we'll go and do it and sort it out. But we won't fix it, it'll go back to the vendor, developer, whoever it is, they'll fix it. So there's a bit of independence between that. So we're not marking. They're not marketing. They their must own love mark. you. These, no, no, uh, these no. CC- no, they're, they're software developers aren't <laughs> really. <test>. Have you <laughs> heard
0: about TTC? The <laughs> FFCs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but you know, ultimately, it's about the end customer experience. So if you're selling a
2: product or a service to someone in the market it needs to work it needs to be fit for purpose and, the, and these test scripts you write do they do they emulate the end to end thing or do they yes. just kind of go okay well this little test script will test this little bit of it and this little bit will test that bit both we'll, oh,
1: okay, yeah so okay. you have unit tests or system level tests or integration tests or performance tests or
2: or whatever okay, so, yeah. so they're all and TDC will do the whole gamut of that
1: we don't generally do
2: unit testing which is the lowest level of testing that's the devs that do that but we'll do everything else so, but I was just going to think if, if a bank has got, you know, kind of four or 5,000 different kind of integration points, it must mean that there's a kind of massive kind of responsibility on you guys if you're kind of doing end-to-end testing on something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and again,
1: a lot of it is regulatory. So you'll have, you know, that you need to prove that what you said you've done, you've done, you have to have evidence. So yeah, it's, it's serious stuff.
2: Um, and, you know, businesses can get closed down or whatever, because. You know, software doesn't work. But also, just thinking about it, like if you're if you've got your own software to test, you must be developing software, so you have got to have your own software tested that then tests other people's software. It's kind of almost like this Russian doll of testing, isn't it?
1: It is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But the products we use are best practice, the sort of top Gartner quadrant software products that are have have had installations. You know.
0: 100%. What do you mean the products you use to so, test? So, so software testing tools that but, we But use. that's what they would say about the other products, wouldn't they? they say, oh, well, these products, the software we use is the top grade, you know, class A. But it's been fairly robustly tested across well, I Well, I think the principle is actually this, is that it's easier to tell if something's wrong than to get it right. So in essence, if you write a piece of software that's got to do some stuff, it's easier to write something to check whether it did that thing then it's the right thing to do that thing. Do but but also saying? the
1: people yeah. using the tools or programming the tools if it's open source, they do know what they're doing.
0: And you know, do you find these days when you look at software, the majority is open source? Is that is that where it's heading or not?
1: It's certainly huge. Globally, open source is massive, but again, proprietary tools um, certainly have their place. We have some really strong partnerships with with vendors that have proprietary tools that are best of breed. They're they're absolutely brilliant. Some companies want open source tools. It's just a different model.
0: Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. What do you think is bullshit in business? There's a few
1: things, I guess. Um, One of the things that I've sort of witnessed over my career is people occupying a seat when maybe someone much more capable could be doing that role and they hang on for dear life. And, um, you know, you meet with them and you're kind of thinking, yeah, there's there's a village missing an idiot here somewhere. How do we try and work with this guy knowing that they're not interested in moving the dial forward so those characters and influential roles who really just keep the desk occupied i I find that quite sad
0: i'm not sure i understand you fully say it a different way
1: so meeting with a senior person that has no interest in doing interesting stuff for their organization they're literally no vision no vision literally they to eat their lunch they're not going to improve improve things they've done the same role for the x period of time and and it probably hurts your organisation, ultimately.
0: Do you find that something you see in big businesses more? Because, I mean... Yes. Yeah.
1: 100% in large organisations where you've got people that are just,
2: just sort of sitting there. So I guess in your line of work, yeah, you, you, you're kind of coming across executives in certain organisations who are technically your clients. You're trying to help them do a better job or their software do a better job, and they've just got no interest in actually it do, doing anything better.
0: Bigger companies, you get the greasy pole. And the grease, I know it because I've never worked in a big company, but people come and work here from big companies. I find it really weird how they act because the greasy poll is you have to promote yourself. You have to play a political game. You have to be in the right place at the right time. You have to know who to chat to and all of that shit to get up the pole. And then that's the only way of getting up the pole of these big companies. So the fucking assholes rise up the pole. And that's got nothing to do with the responsibility that you should put someone at the top with the fucking vision who's brilliant with people, basically. A brilliant, you know, team communicator. You know, I think I, I agree. <laughs> this is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little better, Darren. Get to know the inner Darren. You have five to ten seconds per question, yeah? No dicking about, no asking questions. And that's, I'm basically pointing at myself because it's really hard not <laughs> it to ask He did point at me, me? man. Okay, <laughs> DQ the music, excuse me. Um, Simon.
2: What was your first job, Darren? My first real job was
1: a bank teller, so that was quite interesting, but I've had other jobs, seasonal work and things like that,
0: so... Handling? No, stop asking questions.
2: What's your worst job? Garlic picker. I'm um, reconciling bank teller with garlic picker. Well, that, but that was the seasonal job, Okay, you know. Um, the banks weren't paying you enough. You get swelled hands or something. Like that. No,
1: you stink, Yeah, essentially, and you can only hang around with other garlic pickers. So, <laughs> and... Do you know, I've never thought about yeah. garlic pickers. So you, can't, you can't go to the... So pub. if you go to the park, you you've them, got a corner soft? to yourself. yeah. yeah. they no. soft? They look no. just like you no. buy them in a shop.
0: No. What is it, a tree? Where's garlic? No, roots. it's in the
1: ground. You yeah. gotta, you've Ooh. got to bend over all day. It's back breaking. Fuck Yeah, it's yeah and you're covered in dirt and, and no one likes you. Uh, Favourite subject at school? History. I really enjoy looking back at stuff. What's your special skill? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Probably hiding my special skill. Um, I, 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 I see patterns. And I like architecture, and I like strategy, and and I like joining the dots and and sort of working out what's broken in a system and trying to make it
2: better. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, All black, which I think a lot of Kiwi kids want to be. That is
0: a rugby player
2: for those of our Did you play
1: rugby at school? I did. I did for many years. Played in Japan, played... uh,
0: Badass, they're all blacks, man. Badass. What did your parents want you to be when you grew up?
1: I, I you know the old story, happy, well adjusted type roles and all the rest of it. And you know, I made a sort of flippant column comment about maybe making enough money to look after them in their retirement. What's your go to karaoke song? So generally I go to the bar. <laughs> ah, so that, you run away yeah, from the karaoke. But, but but it's not a song. It'd, it'd be it'd be it'd be um, I dunno, Bob Seger or something that's easy enough to sing in a in a really crappy karaoke those, yeah, way. Yeah.
0: Important question, even though he's not present, I'm not worrying, he's still in the building. Office
1: dogs, business or bullshit? So, mostly bullshit, mm. but I've certainly seen, not when you have a, uh, dogs en masse in the office, I think that gets quite chaotic. No, I've that's seen terrible. That. One. But one or two, I think, it, it, it just changed the dynamic, dynamic of the office.
2: Have you ever been fired?
1: I think I've been fired cherry-picking Hang on. So garlic picking, yeah. cherry picking. Yeah,
2: well, oh, well, what do you think? Up. You think? Well,
1: it could have been a mutual <laughs>
2: exit. It was a, it was a cherry I, picking
1: I, I, standoff. Yeah, I think we were throwing and eating more cherries, than we were picking. And I think, I think you can tell when the foreman frowns at you in a certain way. Maybe <laughs> that's you just some fucking
0: cherry eating.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, seriously. I was, I, you know, that's, I've gone picking. I mean, you've got to yeah. really be a fat fuck to go. You know, to, to eat fat more fat than you're Yeah. You know. Because yeah. like, you
2: certainly weren't. Eating the garlic, were you? No, so. the garlic was was and, and don't to this day. Yeah.
0: What's your vice?
1: It's a tricky one. Probably English pubs. I really like English pubs. I like the vibe. I like I, I like everything about them. I think they're quite addictive.
0: And and you know it's the one thing Australian Kiwis say they miss t- to me about the UK. They say the only thing I miss, oh, I miss
1: the yeah, pubs. The pubs are fantastic.
0: Um, This is going to give you 30 seconds to pinch your company, your podcast, your book, whatever you like. Off you go. Right, so
1: TTC, the testing consultancy, a software testing company. So essentially, um, we do one thing really well, which is test software. So a key part of our strategy is to automate where possible, automate everything. So I think that's that's key. We do that extremely well. Company of about 400 people. So I think most of uh, those, maybe 80 90, percent are engineers. So we're we're essentially an engineering company. And uh, I, th- I think one of the things we do really well is we fit into your company's culture. So I think we try really hard to fit in, um, work within the boundaries of 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 the culture that 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 you know companies uh, that we're dealing with. You know, have and I think that's really important that allows us to probably have a bit more of an intimate relationship with organisations get under the covers uh, and in and, and that way we add more value so we're not just really selling bodies, we're sort of selling solutions and, and trying to get their attention around adding sort of innovative solutions to, to problems that they've probably had for a long time
0: So that's it Thank you. There you you have it. Uh, That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. And we'll be back with BW Extra on Thursday. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, dude. Thank
2: Thank you, Andrew.
0: Thank you, Darren. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Until then, it's ciao.
1: Wonderful experience. Thank you.